Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, and thanks for joining us. You're tuned into About Sparta Podcast, brought to you by the good folks at New Amendment. You can catch us on Beyond Big Ten on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And more importantly, you can find me at Raymar Morgan 2 and my guy Travis Walton at Travis underscore Walton underscore 419 on all social media platforms. Trav, my, my dog. How was your weekend, man? What you been up to? And it was great. Got to get some time with the family, chill back. Um, yeah, just had some great time with the family, man. Got to relax, get ready for a big weekend. Got my tournament this weekend with the kids. Ooh, where the tournament at? It's in LA. It's the main. Okay. okay. We got to go two on one, Ray. Two on one worse, so we can make the finals, man. I'm, uh, hey, 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 man, hey, hey, Wes, Wes, I meant to tell you this. Wes wanted me to, to tell you, hey, man, if, if Trav's son is available, man, I, we would love to have you, man. We would love to have you. Shout out to my, my, my day one friend, Wes, man. He's, he's on the AAU circuit, man. He's doing, he's doing actually pretty good for himself. Um, but man, he was so, he was so excited. On telling me, yeah, man, we would we would love to have him, man. So shout out to my guy Wes, man. Uh, my weekend was was pretty simple, man. Uh, we didn't do too much; just chilled around the house trying to get this business up and going. So, um, in other words, man, let's let's get into it, man. On February fourth, uh, the Spartans took on the Scarlet Knights for a second time this season, defeating the Knights just two and a half weeks ago. Prior, uh. With us having an idea on how this game would go, I felt confident at halftime being up six. Trav, tell me your thoughts on how you felt we played. So I'm going to go back. I did some research, right? I think we talked about this a while ago, but I went back myself and looked. So in 2007, this reminded me of a 2007 game we played in, the Iowa game. When we played Iowa, and this is crazy, right, because I didn't know this. At Iowa? Iowa, I didn't I know in two thousand. That was your freshman year, or sophomore year. It was oh six oh seven. It was your freshman year. Freshman year, yeah. I didn't know when we played Iowa, we were the number six team in the country. Are you serious? Right? Yeah, we were fourteen and two, bro. So I'm looking at the stats and I'm like, wow, we were number six in the country. We were fourteen and two. Big Ten, we were two and one. It was just starting in the Big Ten. Okay. Right. So I'm looking because I was like, this game reminded me of that 25 to 19 low scoring game, dog fight, right? Just a slug fest, right? Going at it. We were, so just some reference, the Iowa game, we were down 20 to 18 at halftime. <laughs> the final score was 43 to 36, Iowa. Ooh. And I was like, yo, this was classic. So it reminded me of our game, with uh, this right. last past game with Rutgers. It was a slugfest. It was a slugfest. Like, that game was, like, just some bad turnovers, like, some good defensive possessions, right? Like, not a lot of great shooting. I think at one point in the time, I think it was at the 640 mark, it was 40 in the second half. It was 40 to 39. There was a stat that flashed across the screen. Both teams were two for 14 from the three and 12 for 44 from the field, identical. 
I was like, wow. It just, it was to tell of the story. Like other guys, it was a classic Big Ten slugfest. On top of, they were in the garden. It was an amazing crowd. I did not know Rutgers traveled with that type of crowd, even though that was a home game for them, for that crowd to be the way that they were. I think the crowd was what helped them push it over. Yeah, because for sure. Their crowd was into the game. So uh, it was a slugfest. They ended up making some more plays than we did at the end, but it was just a real tough, classic Big Ten game. I, I got to agree. I, I definitely think the crowd had a big part in the play with them getting the victory. Um, I mean, we both played in the garden at Michigan State, and we know how rowdy that crowd can get. Um, so just with, with that edge on, being on their side, um, I think I think it definitely helped them get the victory. Um, but to me, man, it, it's, just a, it's just certain areas I think that we got to get better at, and, and I think one of those areas is just pace. Um, I think we let them control the game. Uh, we played at their pace. They slowed it down. They played zone. They slowed us slowed us up. Um, we didn't we didn't get into our offense till about what eighteen seconds. Get into the play about eighteen seconds. So um, I think we if we can up that pace a little bit um, from here on out, I think uh, that I definitely increase our chances on getting victories and being able to. Uh, hold those victories, even when winning at halftime. Um, what would you say we need to do a better job in securing these victories uh, when leading at halftime? Yeah, so like, okay, so I said at that 640 mark, there was it was 40 to 39, and then Rutgers hit a three, right? Made a three. At that point, it became a free throw contest. Yeah. Right. They were getting to the free throw line. I think we had we missed two one and ones. We did. They came to the free throw line and they made their free throws. Then we were getting bad fouls. Right. It was like became this, you know, foul fest as well. So I think at the end of the games and we made a couple of mistakes defending the bigs. Right. So if you think yeah, about defending bigs in the last few games, right, has been tough. And we're playing against a really good big that they can dump the ball down to. So I think it's just kind of balancing that out. Also making sure we're valuing every possession and getting quality look, right? Like I think kind of like you said, where sometimes our offense can become stagnant and we're trying to figure out, you know, where we're getting our offense from, right? And I think we have done it as a collective group um, this season. So I think it's kind of like really just understanding the quality shot that we want, right? Getting, you know, uh, quality possessions offensively and defensively. Uh, but I think these type of games continues to help prepare us for the tournament as right. we're moving forward. Right. Because there's going to be these games, as you know, right? We've been there like we're in that tournament. You got those quick turnarounds. You gotta you gotta depend on your defense, and you have to depend on quality shots, quality possessions. So, as tough as this game was, I think these games help prepare us for the bigger picture, uh, and that's sure. heading to the tournament. You know what I'm saying? For sure, uh, and I, I gotta I gotta agree with you on that, um, especially because they play zone. I just 
I don't think we were ready for the zone, man. The Rutgers usually doesn't go drop back in the zone. Um, they're a great defensive team. So with them doing that, I think it threw us into to a little bit of shock. Like, damn, these guys are, are falling back in zone with that um, athletic front court that they have. Uh, and it hurt us a little bit. So I think uh, is a definitely go back in the lab, uh, fine-tune some things, and definitely uh, get ready for tournament time because we're definitely going to see zone throughout the tournament it, uh, um, if we make it. Yeah, and when you're not shooting as well, think about it. Like, and you know this, exactly. when you're not shooting the ball well, and there's only so much you can run against a zone, right? Oh, like, sure. and I know sure, this, sure. right? Because I'm studying zone plays because in youth sure. basketball, in youth basketball, right? <laughs> everybody runs, right? One, two, two, one, three, one, sure. two, three, three, two. Man to man is like a dinosaur, right? Like, right. it's. So I'm looking at zone plays all the time. Like, I'm like, and there's not much you can run against the zone. So in order to gain an advantage against the zone, you have to do what? You got to make shots, yeah. right? And this game, we wasn't making shots. So all those things, when you're playing zone, the ball is moving, but you're not making shots. Uh, you got to get the ball on the inside. You got to have great interior passing. Like all these things matter. And when you're playing against an athletic team that's moving traditionally, right? Like you said, they haven't done it a whole lot. Um, but when they do do it, if you you when a team plays zone and you're not making shots, they stay in it. When you make shots, they have to get out of. It. Got to. There was not a lot of shots being made. So no. they stuck where they were at, you know? They stuck in their defense. Um, really quick, uh, let's go over a couple of stats. Um, Hauser ended up with 10-5, and five, Walker 12-4. and four. Uh, Malik Hall didn't shoot the ball particularly well, um, ended up with four points, but, man, did a hell of a job on the glass, ended up with 13 rebounds and three assists. Um, Akins, um, just being steady like he usually is, nine points and six rebounds. Um, we only had two guys in double figures, and so did Rutgers. Um, but it just seemed like those guys' numbers came at a more critical time. And, and man, they just they just found a way to win. Uh, Cliff Amore, man, he didn't he struggled shooting the ball, but god damn, he still ended up with 15 and 12 <laughs> at the end of the day. And and then McCaughey. Ended up with 17 and, and two, which he got a lot of his points from the strike. But um, with that environment, man, those those guys, I, I got to tip my hat off to them. They they found a way to win, and they rallied together, and they got it done. Yeah, so if you look at the Amari, man, he paid some big plays in the block, right? It, go, yeah. it went back to what I said, like like defending that big down low. Like he missed a couple shots, but he had – like he missed one time. I think he turned and missed the dunk. And it was yeah, like an easy, it was an easy possession. Yeah, yeah, he got hung, he got sprited. Yeah, but, he got sprited. Yeah. Um, those were those are tough plays because like they're looking for him. He's a he's posting hard, he's fighting for position. There's only so much we can do when he's getting great position. Right. And then McCough, my bad, go back. How you said do that? Uh I, I thought it was like McCall or something, something like that. McCaughey, we'll redo this. Oh, 
So then when you look at the McCaughey guy, like he started to make some downhill plays. Yeah. And he was getting inside the paint. He was their emotional leader. He was bringing them through. Like when they were coming back and they were making some plays, like he was making big plays for them and he was getting the crowd involved. Like, so those type of things and these type of games where it's back and forth as the slugfest, you need a couple guys to step up and make a couple extra plays for you. And those two guys were the guys that made some big plays for them. For sure. Now, yesterday, we hosted a good Maryland team who was 16 and 7 and 7 and 5 in Big Ten play. Uh, a couple of spots above us. So, this was a huge game for our confidence and our swagger. Uh, we needed this game and found a way to win. But more importantly, what I was impressed with was our start. I think I think I was impressed with that because I've been chirping about this week in and week out and how how much of a different team we are when we come out with our guns drawn figuratively. <laughs> uh what was the difference between yesterday's game versus Sunday's game against Rutgers? Well, a couple of things. Maryland was coming in on a four-game winning streak. We were coming in on a two-losing streak. We needed this game. We, like, need we needed it. And we came out blazing. 15-0 start. Whew. We spoke about this before. I think we spoke about this a couple sessions you know, ago. But the first play, and maybe this is something that Coach them got to really look at and see like who is going to get the first play to get us going. Joey came off a pin down, and he came off that pin down and got that shot. And I think it was an and one. And one, right? right at the free throw line. Right at the free throw line. Like, so I looked at that, and we know when Joey is playing well and having a good game, it gives us so much more momentum, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a different, like, vibe on the, on the court. And even when you're watching it, you're feeling good. Like, all right, we're rolling now. Okay, Joey getting going. So – I would really look at, are we looking to get, you know, Joey or, you know, Joey, one of those shots, easy shots inside that free throw line, kind of look at those options before, you know, first play of the game, second play of the game to kind of get him going. Um, because if he's going, I think he gives us a really good chance to win. I think the stats back that up. When he has played well, our team has, you know, really played well most of the time. So, I just loved how we came out. Uh, we made, we had some great stops. And we just shared the basketball. It, it was a great start. It was our best start, I think, of the season, 15-0, and, and the way we came out and did it was great. For sure. And I, just to piggyback off you about Joey, man, I, I, I've been saying this pretty much all year. Joey's our X factor. Um, mm. He's a guy that plays the game the right way. Um, he doesn't force shots, but we need him to get these shots up. Um, when he's rolling, our team is almost unbeatable. But only when he's rolling. Um, so I, I think I think we gotta find a way to maximize um his usage and and get him get him some easy looks. Um uh, maybe whether it's in transition, um getting him to run the lane and, and or or trail to play for for an open three or um, just to get it some easy ones, man, a, a couple of post-ups early, just get them to see see the ball go through the hoop. I think that will help us uh, tremendously 
on our starts and just um, and keeping up that pace, man. That pace is huge for us, I think. I think if we can maintain a fast pace, our chances are, are that much higher. Yeah, because like you said, Joey, is his versatility is he can shoot the ball. He can, you know what he does a really good job, and he had a player or two like this in the game. He's really good, and I love when bigger forwards, guards do this. I love when they drive, and the guy cut them off, and they turn to post you up, yeah. right? So he's really good at, like, driving one or two dribbles, turn, posting you up, and then making the play there. Yeah, I Taking love that. Time. That's huge. He's got That's pace. Huge. Yeah, like, so he has a great – that's his versatility, right? He can yeah. shoot the pull-up. He can come off the down screen. He can also post up in that, like, mid-post area. He's not as good because Malik Hall does a really good job of this as well, right? But I would love to see Joey kind of get to some of those possessions a little bit more yeah. as – when he's not rolling, to go, okay, let me, I can sweep it, get there, and kind of get you in that little area, kind of developing that. I'm saying Malik, Malik has a great, he had a fadeaway, um, he had a post-up spent fadeaway, which is his, like, go-to shot, which is big. I would love to see Joey kind of get to that as well because I feel like Joey got a little bit, like, got the shoulder fakes, got the spins. Spins. Um, and and yeah, then up and unders as well. Up and unders, he had a step-step um he came. Yeah, he was Tough. posting a guy up. He turned. He turned. Tough. He stepped, stepped, and he got fouled and it hit. It went off the glass. And I think those plays are really good for him. I think those are different ways we can kind of get him involved in the game when we need to get some easy buckets. But also, shout out to AJ. You know, I thought AJ was close to having a triple double. Right, he had yeah. eight points, assists, and ten rebounds. A career high for him rebounding the basketball. Right, and these are big days because. We get out, we get to push the basketball, uh, we create some tempo, we get some easy baskets, especially like as the game got going and they started to make their comeback, we had some transition buckets that were huge for us. Getting the ball out, getting early, getting shots early in transition is really big for us and always been big for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, shout out to young young uh, Andre Miller, man. He, yeah. Boy, boy, <laughs> boy is playing well, man. 10, 10 8 and 8 is is huge. Uh, and then man, we got uh Mr. Knights with 2.0, man. That's always doing his 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 duty um with 17 and 3. Um so these guys came to play. You could tell it was a different level of focus um this game. You could tell we needed this game. And that's how they came out. And and started the game, so I I was very proud of the guys, man, on on getting this victory, a much needed win that we all know that we needed. Yeah, so think about this, right? Right, I think so. Toward the end of the year, we're in the back end of our schedule, and now you're like looking at our team, okay? Yeah. And now you're like roles are defined, who yeah. our identity. I'm not sure of our identity. I said that earlier before. I, I don't know what's the identity outside of veteran leadership, right, and, like, having vets. But I do know roles are being defined. And what are those? Right now we know big bucket, make a play, scoring is Tyson. He's yeah. making big plays for us, right? He's yeah. making big shots. 
guys are looking for him. There's times I think he can be way more aggressive, right? But he naturally sure. has a point guard mentality. So for sure, he defers he a lot. Like, yeah, he's like dissecting and kind of figuring out like when he needs to score. But I think I'm looking forward to him as we're going further into this tournament. I'm looking for him to be in these 15 to 20 point games. Like we need him to consistently be there, right? So now we have identified, okay, Tyson is that guy. Now we know, okay, Joey is the X factor. And I totally agree with that. Like Joey is that guy where we like, we need to get 10 to 20 points from you, right? And if we can get those points with you making a couple threes to open it up because he likes to shoot, he's a shooter, and we can open it up, now comes AJ as the engine, right? AJ yeah, is steady. Right? We know what AJ doing. Like AJ is a is a Swiss Army knife, Andre Miller type, right? He can run it. He can give you some buckets. He gonna pass, and I hopefully this rebound at ten rebounds. It encourages him to get to more rebound yeah, because yeah. he can rebound the ball. He's he second in the Big Ten in assists, so we know he can pass the pill, right? He can yeah. pass. Then. We look at Jaden, right? And Jaden becomes, right, 2.0 or 1A, 1B X factor, right? Making some plays. He's shooting the ball better. He's that kind of, again, another Swiss Army knife, just in a different way. And the last piece to the puzzle from our offensive is now Malik Hall coming off the bench, in my opinion. So now I think we kind of understand the roles and where we at. And then you throw in a couple guys for a couple extra minutes. I think our big man rotation is starting to kind of like align a little bit, right? Where coach is like, all right, if Carson plays well, we're going to put him in. Or if Jackson plays well, we're going to keep him in. But Monty is the guy we're playing, you know, those minutes, 20 to 25. So to sum it up, it's like as we're looking at it, I think we're starting to turn the corner as to personnel identity, right? We knowing what player is doing what, and this is going to be huge as we talked about February, March, Izzo months to really take a turn as a team. I agree. Um, and, and like you said, I, th- I, think it, uh, I think it'll click for these guys as well, um, especially for a guy like Tyson Walker. The later the, later the season goes on, you, you start to see it. Um, I think it's just a natural competitive thing where, okay, I need to step my game up. We're getting closer to March. It's time for me to be more aggressive. And it's time for me to turn it up a little bit. Everybody has that little – yeah, everybody has that, that – exactly, that senioritis where, oh, well, damn, I don't know if this is going to be our last game or not. It's time that I, I you know, I, di- I need to do what I need to do to get these victories, and, and that's stepping up my play. So with that being said, man, um, let's go into the scout report. Next, we have Ohio State. Um, the team averages 75 points a game and dishing, it, dishing out about 12 assists per contest. Um, they rebound actually the ball pretty well at, at 38 a game. Um, but they're, they're not the best at protecting the ball. They, they, they have about 11 turnovers per game. Um, but they have a stud at four freshmen. This guy, since the ball, is the real deal. Um, the guy averages 17-3 and and 5.6 rebounds. He, he's he's built like he's just been fresh out of jail. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, what what do we need to do to try to to try to calm him down and keep him contained um, to get this victory? Well, I think we have to control the crowd. Right, we're playing in Ohio State, and we know Ohio State is a tough environment to play. And I've always said this about Ohio State, and this is they always gave me that uh like NBA arena crowd type of feeling. Not for right? sure. Where it's like because it's big inside there, like and it's and it and it's like it's a lot of people, but they're not right on you. So it's not like Man. a college atmosphere. It's like a Man. little spaced out, but it's a ton of people in, in it. It's a ton of people. <laughs> great it's crowd. A ton of great crowd. So I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Your family, like, right behind your bench, right? So you, For like, sure. you know, like, you can really show. And I'm not sure if it's still like this. So, but, this, they, bro, they so close to our bench, you can hear your mama speaking. I can hear my right. mama talking. Yeah. So, <laughs> listen, this is funny, right? You remember, it wasn't. My freshman year, I know we had it. My sophomore year, I think also our junior, your sophomore, my junior year, we changed how we were seated in the huddle. We used to be facing our parents and our family yeah. in yeah. the huddle. So you could be coming to the bench and looking at your family. Not for sure. Right. For sure. We end up changing it, how we were seated inside the huddle. Coaches like, ah. Whatever, you know, he knew people were looking at their parents or boys, whatever. I used to look at my brothers and my family, oh, right? Sure. So I'm going, I'm looking at, right? But they changed how the seating is. And I think the seating in the Breslin has also changed, right? It Where is. your parents are sitting at. So you're not it like, they're, they they're, they're, they're across from the bench now. Yeah, so you're across. Not. Yeah. But when you go to Ohio State, it used to be, they're not across. You can see them now. So not now you sure. can have a different, like, you, it's different how they're seated. So now you can actually see your parents again. And I'm yeah. not sure how many uh, arenas you go in where you can see your parents behind the bench. Behind the bench, yeah. Which, so which, like, can, which, can, be, which can be good and it could be very bad. It can be very bad. It's challenging. Right. So I don't think those things matter. Like those are the small things that like no one speaks about. That, sh- sure. that shit matters, bro. It like, does. It matters. What I, I said this yesterday to a parent and I said, I look, you yeah. don't want to have parents in practice. And it was like, oh, these kids 13, 14 years old. I said, because part of a kid development is learning how to separate car talk and what the coach is saying. Yeah, And that happens at every level, bro. Like, no, for sure. part of buying in as a player is understanding how to put what your parents and friends are saying to you, but also doing what you need to do for the team. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. going into that, it's like, that's another thing you just have to deal with the same small and not big, but that's big, like, in its own way. So, I think going into Ohio State, we need to Manage the crowd because they're not playing as well this year. They're three and nine in the Big Ten, you yeah. know. Like so, we have to go. In. We got we got to win this game. We got yeah. to go in. It's February. We're building some momentum. We just came off a good one. We got to come here 
They have lost four straight games. We can't have a letdown, bro. So we need our veterans to come in and step up and just say, hey, fellas, we are not losing this game. Exactly. We're going to figure exactly. out. Yeah, we got to play. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So it seems like, man, we're we're it's at that t- time of the season where um, you're, we're looking a little bit forward and we're looking ahead towards March. Um, Trav, do we make the tournament? If so, where are we seated? And where do you think we're going to end up at the by the end of the year, um, seated in the Big Ten? And so it's crazy. So the first question, yes, I think we make the tournament. But I think these games that we must win, like Ohio State, we need to win this game. This is a must win. They're not in the tournament, not even considered last for in, last for out. They're not in, right? So we have to go in and capitalize off this. Also, the Big Ten is so tough. There is basically two games separating ninth place from second place in the Big Ten. So every game matters, right? Like, there's right now, there's four teams tied for third place at seven and five. Then you got Rutgers and Indiana, both at eight and five. And we seven and six, right? So, like, all these games matter. So you take us finishing strong in the Big Ten. Then we head into the Big Ten tournament. Right. And then we have to perform well there. We got to win one or two games, depending on. So go backwards. Depending on how we finish in the Big Ten, regular season will determine our seeding what day we play in the Big Ten tournament. Tournament, exactly. First day or second day matters because now we have to win one or two games. So I, I think we're in a good position to answer your question. I think we will make it. Where do I think we can be seated? We can be 7 through 10. They now have us in the latest yeah. bracketology. What's for us is a great, it's not bad. We just got to get in. Denzel and Travis Trice, baby, you know that they made the Final Four as a nine seed. So we just got to get in, Reese. We got to get in. Hey, man. I mean, at the end of the day, man, don't get it twisted. March is what we sh- what we thrive on, all right? Coach, coach steps his game up. The players step their game up. And we always find a way to win. So whether we're uh, 7, 10, 12th, I don't think anybody really wants to see us in that first round. Um, just with our versatility and our depth, um, and us finally starting to put the pieces together and with guys knowing their roles, I think we can be a very dangerous team. And I think we can upset a lot of people. Um, like you said, we're ninth, and I think they have us, they, they're predicting us to play Missouri. I like our chances, man. I'm just going to say that. I like our chances. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to see what it, but, but I, I like our chances versus Missouri. So I'm I'm looking forward to March, man. It's 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 about that time of the season, man. And Ray, think about this, right? There's yeah. not there's not a dominant college team. Like there's, there's not, not one team. 
Gonzaga was number one, number two at the beginning of the year. Kentucky was top five, top ten, beginning of yeah. year of the year. There's not a team that you go, I don't want to play them. So that <laughs> works in our benefit, right? That works for, for us. Sure. For sure. As we yeah. always say, coach always said this. You get me through the first game, I get you through the second game. For sure. So we're going to come prepare. Any mm-hmm. team that plays us, beware, beware. And the team that we potentially can play the second game, really beware. Because now we really see the greatness of Izzo. So, like you said, I ain't got no worry about us going into the tournament handling biz. My thing is finishing this season strong, getting wins. Again, we need to go win against Ohio State because they're a quality team. It's still the Big Ten. There is a quality victory. So that is on our resume. So I just want us to finish strong, uh, get these wins, that win the games we must win, and start to build this momentum as we're heading into the Big Ten tournament and move from there. Yeah, man. Um like we spoke on the the, the bractology, man, it, it's crazy because it, it has eight teams in the Big Ten making the tournament, which is tied for first, I think, with the Big 12. So, yeah. man, that just tells you a lot about how competitive the Big Ten is this year alone. With that said, man, it is time for Word on Campus. Word on Trav, let, let, let them have it, Trav. Big money. Big money-ish. It is final. He has it purchased final, baby. the Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Mercury. The deal is done. So, and he got 57% ownership of it. And he bought it for 2.2%. Billion. That's a rich, rich man. Hey, Matt, hey, hey Matt man, hey, you know, if, you, if you're looking for any scouts or anybody in the front office, man, I'm here, man. Hit my line. Call me, call me, man. So, call me, man. Jeez. Call me, man. I ain't hard to find. Not at you. all, man. At all. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I think that's so incredible. Um, Matt end up uh, like I said, it got finalized. I know we talked about it earlier about him purchasing the team, but uh, it didn't become final until the owners and the other people approved it. So uh, big shout out. It got approved on Friday, February 6th. I'm sorry. Big shout out. Approved Monday, February 6th. Get the dates right, Trav. <laughs> uh, big shout out to Matt, man. Big shout out, man. So that was big time. I thought that was incredible for him. Oh, but before we leave, man, I have so I, I got somebody I want to shout out. Now we all know it's a lot of haters in the world today, Travis, that just do not want to see us shine. But I have to shout out our managers at Michigan State. Man, we we just found out our managers are number one ranked team in the country. For those country. that don't know. This these managers take the game of basketball serious. Wow, best in the land, brother. And, and they compete at a very high level every game versus other managers. 
And for us to be ranked number one in the country, that lets you know we got some hoopers. We got some hoopers. Shout out to the, the, the managers, man. I know they don't get the 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 spotlight in the pub and they and they continuously work behind the scenes. So man, I felt that it was only right to shout out the managers and give them their 15 minutes of fame in the spotlight. Shout out to you guys, man. Keep doing doing your thing and keep going crazy on their ass. Hey, number one in the country. Country. And I know they are having full practice working <laughs> on plays. Like, it's a serious For deal. Like, For it's sure. big. Hey, so, hey man, it, 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 it's funny because you were in that realm at one point in time. Yeah. Um, trying to coach. So, man, if, if you could just give the viewers or paint that picture for the viewers on what that is like, man, that, that would be great. Listen, it's real deal. Like, these guys are taking it serious. It's a great way to stay in shape. But it's also a great way, like, you know what I always thought was great is that when you would see the managers play, we played Indiana one time. They came. And I was like, oh, we finna just hoop. Like open gym style. They were out there running the offense. Try, try, let, 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 Trav, before you before I'm sorry to cut you off, but tell tell when do these games go on? And when do you guys play these games? So it's normally the night before when they come in. They get to, you know, we get to the gym. They already have everything set up. And they set it all up the night before, and they play each other the arena, practice facility, or on the main court. And like like I said, when we played in Indiana, it was Seth Cooper. He's the head coach of Santa Cruz Warriors right now. And he was out there directing them, Tom Cream style. Yo, match cream, set a screen. And I was like, I wasn't ready for this. But there's a it's so, a big deal, like man. You said, it's a big, big shout out, man, for them to be number one in the country. Number one in the country. I man. know right now. Hey, so this this is funny. I know right now, Izzo comes into the film room and goes, "Hey, I need to recruit some different guys. Maybe <laughs> I can get up here for him." Hey, man, and and for, hey, hey, put hey, put on this penny, man. The suit up, suit up, real yeah. quick for a couple of plays. Hey, country, you you on scout team today? You on scout team? <laughs> He's a scout team All-American. All yeah, that's funny. That's funny, man. So shout out to these guys, man. And that has been another episode at About Sparta. Thank you guys for joining in, and we will see you guys soon. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.